Hello, brothers, and happy new year to you all. Welcome back to KKSAP Presents. I'm your host, Bonko, National Vice President for Student Affairs. And I am very grateful for this opportunity to be a part of this production. And of course, I would not be able to do any of this on my own. I have some amazing help from our national communications team, our student advisory committee, and a special shout out to our editor, Ryan Smith, for all of his hard work and dedication to KKSAP Presents. So for all those who are returnal listeners, welcome back and thank you so much for your support. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to our show. This podcast is brought to you by Kappa Kappa Psi National Honorary Band Fraternity. And the purpose of this series is to provide some insight, some helpful tips, suggestions, and simply showcase the voices of the brotherhood in an entertaining and educational fashion. So today we have a very special guest joining us all the way from Chicago for this episode. And to start off the new year, the new semester, we couldn't think of anyone better um, and a better way to kick things off than to have our national president, Marco Krasadovich, the second to join us. So Marco, happy new year to you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's really exciting to talk with you. Um, just kind of getting done with my travel season and getting back into um, being a both a college student and working at a university. So um, this is a nice diversion from what um, I have heading forward. <laughs> For sure. Um, awesome. So, you know, national president of Kappa Kappa Psi, how has that been so far? Um, I will tell you, I still don't get used to hearing that. Um, I suspect that I will probably get used to it right around um, 2021 or so. Um, when that would be great because then it won't be me anymore. Um, it's just a weird feeling, um, considering that I was very lucky to know a lot of past national presidents, um, and I always held them at such a high level. So it's weird to be, um, even in that same conversation. Um, I will say, you know, being national president is a really unique role within the fraternity because you're both a member of the national council. Um, so you're working in the day-to-day operations of the fraternity. You're working with our staff on a constant basis, but you're also a member of the board. And so you're talking about the longevity of the organization. You're talking about uh, the corporation um, and thinking about the organization both as a corporate, as a business entity, as well as thinking about it with the people. So it can feel like a lot of just whiplash in conversations. We're talking from one end to the other. Uh, But the other thing is, and so one of the things that I really love about the fraternity is our oath of support, right? This idea that whenever we elect officers, um, we say as brothers that we have your back and we actually make it a formal part of induction of officers that we're there. The weird thing about being president is that you don't often vote on motion. And so it's your name that often is the one that says, this is what we are going to do, or this is where it is. But you, you didn't necessarily take, um, take an actual step in voting. And so it has really helped me think through about how do I not just support someone by kind of saying, um, you know, this is what we're going to do the end, but how do I take from where they are at and say, okay, how do I take what you voted for, why you voted and try to take it into action? So as national president, it's such a unique role because you do spend a lot of time mentoring, um, you know, the the future, you know, generation of leaders. Um, You do spend a lot of time working with chapters, working with brothers. Then you're also working, you know, with vendors, Um, you know, you're traveling and meeting directors. It's just a really interesting gig. But, you know, for me, I'm trying to just see where the organization is going to go and then talking to people to help understand how they see the organization and where they want to go. That's just really exciting for me. Um, It's just taught me so much about where we are as a fraternity and where um, I think where we're headed. uh, And then trying to figure out how I can help facilitate that um, and how, how I can help people get their Um, dreams and ambitions and desires and see if I can help translate that into something real and, um, you know, make some real lasting change for the organization. That's amazing. Now that's, that's really incredible to hear. And, you know, just, especially I, I think for, for our brothers who are newer to the organization or those who may have not had the resources to really know about the national council and really what the national president does. I think that gives our listeners a a pretty good idea of what it is that you do in like the the scope of, of the role of the national president and, you know, all the balls that you have to juggle uh, while, you know, still maintaining um, a presence and still maintaining your livelihood. So um, I think sometimes 
I think I don't think a lot of people realize or they forget that, you know, we don't do this every day like this being a national it's like no. our full-time job like this is a, a volunteer thing and so uh, i appreciate you sharing all of that with us um so for my next question uh, if you don't mind can you give our, our listeners an overview of what's been happening on the national front since uh since our national convention and we can get to into some of the specifics later uh in the show sure no the last um the transition from um, the 2017-2019 uh, biennium to this biennium. Uh, that would already be a really interesting kind of challenging moment uh, as you transition leadership teams, as you try to close out your convention. But of course, with the centennial, this has been an even more interesting um, last six months than I think any of us expected. Um, certainly the very beginning of the biennium is all about closing out convention. Um, but also translating a lot of the things that we discussed as a brotherhood and decisions that we made and trying to figure out how do we fit those different pieces and make them come to come to life um, with a lot of new leaders uh, nationally, not just uh, within the National Council, but within the governor board, um, with Evan translating from national president into the role of immediate past president. And so he's on the board. There's some transitions even for him uh, from our council work. but then. On top of it, trying to set the committees and trying to groom that next generation of leaders. There's a lot of work that just happens from the from the national front, just in terms of building connections and helping people come kind of get up to speed. Certainly, as we closed out the convention, um, we also started for, uh, preparing for our November Centennial Day. And so that celebration, we were really fortunate to have a pretty lively crowd there uh, in Stillwater on what turned out to be a day that's colder than it is now in Chicago, uh, which is just kind of mind blowing in and of itself. Um, but it was a beautiful day nonetheless in Oklahoma um, to get to spend with brothers, with sisters, um, really talking about the fraternity, um, you know, and celebrating that moment of turning a hundred. On top of that, uh, with my counterpart, Adrian Rawl, we've been working on the 2021 national convention because basically the minute that that first, that last convention ends, we're already working on the next one. But we were also looking at picking the site for the 2023 convention, which we're really excited to talk to people about as we get closer through that process. Um, and then a, certainly a passion point for me has been setting up the committees that do a lot of the work for the fraternity. Like Bong said, you know, we are volunteers. Um, this is one of many kind of gigs that I um, get to be a part of, um, but I do not, I don't live in Stillwater. Um, I can't travel the country and be you know, everywhere. Um, so we really want to have lots of volunteers doing that work. And one of my passion points was making sure that those committees and that work included active members. Um, it is great that we have alumni who want to be involved. Um, it is great that there are people who continuously um, come up and are involved in the, a lot of these projects, but it's really important to make sure that the active voice is well heard and that that's a diverse mix of the active population and not just the same six chapters or the six that are, you know, the ones that I've met in the last, you know, four weeks. Um, but really trying to get a wide variety. And so as we start to make that work happen, I'm really starting to see a transition as a fraternity um, to take that idea that we are a student-run organization and really live it as opposed to just kind of say it. Um, on top of that, you know, with the last uh, six months or so, uh, we've also been working on taking a lot of the existing initiatives uh, that you all um, as active members, as brothers, have not only supported in vote, but also supported financially. Um, so that includes the launch of the second edition of The Road to Wisdom, uh, which is our first kind of round of actually re-reviewing um, the entire curriculum. And that's a different mechanism than just creating curriculum, because now you're looking to see, is it effective? Our chapter is actually using it. Where is this, you know, is this actually working? What, what is working? What's not working? Where do people struggle? But, and we're also doing that work, the, that initial work, on the first edition of the Inner Circle, uh, which will be uh, released as well in this coming semester. And then figuring out how we take the Founder Circle, so the Road to Wisdom being membership education, uh, the Inner Circle really focusing on uh, ritual education, ritual performance, and, and the passion of the ritual. And then the Founder Circle trying to tie those together in the form of leadership education. And so how do we launch that? Uh, that was uh, conceived and approved to be both a digital and a face-to-face -face platform. So as an organization, we've had to figure out how do we do a digital platform? 
And we all know that that's where a lot of things are going to go as time goes on. So how do we not just solve today's problem, but really build for the future? And then on top of all that, if that wasn't enough, we're in the process right now of not only hiring a new member of the national headquarters, which will be our first event planner to address the planning and the logistics of not just the national conventions and the national meetings, but district conventions as well. And then to ultimately provide chapters with resources as they're planning events. But we're also, we also have a task force, which I'm happy to talk about soon, um, that's actually reviewing our national headquarters properties uh, for what will likely be our first build on that site. Um, we have the caboose, we have the, the um, Weva Garden, we have the headquarters property itself, the old Stillwater Station, uh, but we've outgrown it. And so we have a task force that's starting the work of figuring out how do we as an organization build what will be the next, um, you know, a more permanent existing structure for us as an organization. So it's been an exciting six months for the fraternity for sure. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That was just, that was just a lot. <laughs> just, um, so, so I, I, and, and even, even though I am in the mix of, of this with you, it, I, I, I mean, it's still a lot just to, to, to digest. So I'm going to help our listeners break it down a little bit by asking, asking some more specific questions. So my, my, the first thing I, I wanted to bring up again, um, you had, you had mentioned and talked about committees. Um, so, you know, when you're thinking about committees, uh, if you can give us a little bit of information on, you know, what are some of the more active committees doing um, so that our brothers can kind of see what's going on behind the scenes. And then my second part to that question is, if people are interested, um, is, is there going to be an opportunity for people to kind of raise their hand or sign up for, for um, involvement? Yes, I'm glad, really glad you brought that up because that is absolutely the next phase of this. A lot of the committee work that happened in the beginning of the semester was really trying to figure out as an, organiz as, as an organization, how do we integrate active members into some of the, our existing work? And now that we've kind of figured out what works, what doesn't work, um, what's the right medium, how do we fit in with a school schedule? Because for a lot of our alumni, uh, they're not in school. I'm, I'm an outlier, right? I'm in the middle of a PhD program. So I'm very empathetic to all of us as we're writing papers and doing exams and the whole bit because I'm in the middle of it too. Um, but for a lot of our alumni, that's not their case. And so how do we fit our workflow within that? So now that we've got that set, uh, the opportunities for active members to kind of raise their hand and say, I'd like to be part of this conversation. I'd like to make some work. That's actually happening. And, and Bong will really be the lead in terms of helping facilitate that. In terms of the work of our committees, uh, there are a lot of different committees across the board, but there are some some major ones that do significant work throughout the year. So certainly one of them you're seeing right now, that's the communications committee. So the communications committee is addressing our social media outreach, the uh, the Campus Beside Presents podcast, but I've also tasked them with looking at our national website and looking for ways that we can make it both easier to update, helping us update the material, and also helping us take the material that, and I'll be honest, it's written uh, when we launched the website, uh, I had just graduated from my undergrad degree, and it looks like it was just about the time I graduated from my undergraduate degree. It's just tons of text. It's an exhausting amount of text, which is great if you really like to read, but it's not very helpful if you're trying to get an answer. And so we know we need to do that. And so we wanted to task our communications committee. And that's why it has to have active members in that work, because we have to understand all of our constituents that are using our website and not just the you know five of us that sit as members of uh, voting members of the national council. On top of that, we have a ritual performance and education committee. That's a strategic committee uh, that was founded ad hoc over the last uh, two biennia now. That group has transitioned its work as of December, and it has gone from developing the inner circle, uh, which is really that guide to address ritual performance and ritual education. They're now going to be evaluating that work to help us figure out how we update it and refresh it over a consistent basis. And so the goal would then be to be able to release every two years, just like we would with the Road to Wisdom, we would release the inner circle every two years with any updates that are based on that feedback. In that mindset, then, the curriculum uh, committee, which is another uh, subset of this colonization and membership umbrella, uh, that committee is addressing the Road to Wisdom. 
They're also working with chapters because as we've transitioned away from the curriculum advisor program, really the, the curriculum committee is doing that work of working on day-to-day with chapters, helping them through calendaring and organizing their year, and then helping do some training work. And then finally, when we talk about different committees and some of the different work that's going on, we have strategic committees. And that's something that we're, that we're actually looking at launching uh, going into uh, this quarter, really these, these next six months of the fraternity. And those are strategic committees that are addressing very strong and important questions within the fraternity, things that we as an organization really need to wrap our mind around and have some intense conversations about how do we make this work, what do we need, and what does it look like when it's done? And so that, those strategic committees, uh, and by, by their very nature, will have lots of students in that room because ultimately, these are programs and operations and tasks that are directed towards our active associate and conditional members. And so it's really important to make sure that their voice is included. But one of the nice things about being national president is as we have these conversations nationally and we realize that there's work that needs to be done, I have the ability to then, to then work with the National Council to appoint a committee that can dig into these questions or can do some groundbreaking work to help us there. The, uh, the Communications Committee grew right out of the fact that we had a need and that the work that the Student Advisory Committee was doing was just, there was more to be done when it came to communication. We needed to, it to be fresher. We needed to have more hands in it. We needed to have more voices that were authentic and that were not just coming from one space. And so it grew from that need. It grew from our actual members saying, hey, this is a need that we have, and we need to make sure that it's being done right. So as any of us have questions, as you all sit there and say, it'd be really great if we had some extra work here. It'd be really great if this looked different. It'd be really great if this improved. That feedback then filters into how we operate as an organization. We really are directed not just by the need of the day, but we're directed by the feedback and the conversations from our members. That's great. Thank you so much for, for, for breaking that down and just giving us a, a nice overview of, of what's happening behind the scenes with the different um, committees and all. So, you know, brothers, if you have questions, you know, be on the lookout for, for further communication about committees and such. So now my next question for you, Marco, is about uh, some of the programming you had mentioned. Um, and I, it's been pretty common uh, when I, when I've, um, chatted with with active brothers and there seems to be some confusion between the road to wisdom the inner circle and the founder circle uh some people are like oh you know i thought they were all kind of the same thing and yet you know they are related in some way but could you give us a Mm -hmm. kind of a quick overview of why each is different and so important to um to our fraternity yeah and it's been fun to be part of the different stages as we've worked through this um the first real initiative that kicked off was the Road to Wisdom. The Road to Wisdom is, um, is, a, is basically the most recent addition as a national organization of a membership education curriculum. But it was augmented with the idea of how do we teach people to teach? Um, how do we create materials that are designed to be a little more evergreen, that are designed to be um, actually more sustainable so that we're not just producing books or we're not just making massive photocopies of the of the guide to membership, which was um, what, what effectively my membership education program was, um, which was great, but there was no way I was going to get through 200 plus pages of material and feel like I understood. And one of the important things was in the process of trying to take that and turn it into something that was more sustainable was a recognition that what is really important for brothers to know is to know what it means to be a brother and that the material you can always Google material you can always look up, material you can always ask a question, but knowing what we value and knowing who we are is so important. And so that really is what is the, the root, um, the base of the road to wisdom is trying to understand who we are as a brotherhood, what do we value, and then how do we show that? And how do we, through our curriculum process, build the skills that it takes to really live those values and not just talk about them or not just read them in a book. From that, then you have the inner circle. The inner circle effectively takes what is the one shared component that every chapter has regardless, which is our ritual. It is the one thing that should be from campus to campus, I should be able to walk from Texas Tech and then walk over to um, you know, a campus in Maine 
and then walk over to California and I should be able to see the same ritual. And so in that work, the committee found that it wasn't just about the performance of the ritual, but it was about how we educate about the ritual, how we take what for a lot of us is a dusty book that sits on a shelf or in a locked box. And we only pull it out three times a year when it's time for ritual. And then we put it back and we hide it until it's time to induct those officers only to you know, crack it open for a second and hide it again. And we realized that that doesn't make sense. If these are our values that are literally written on a page, that are literally spoken and acted out and performed, why on earth would we keep it locked away? And so the inner circle was created to help with the educational piece around the ritual and to help take those lessons and take the values of our ritual and put them into our lives. And so effectively, the road to wisdom and the inner circle, they're siblings. Um, they're interconnected. They have a lot of the same similarities. And as you read the inner circle, I think in, within your chapters, you'll see that a lot, even the layout looks a lot like the road to wisdom. And while it is different material, it's designed to be complementary. So for some chapters, my encouragement would be to take the inner circle and to integrate some of it into the road to wisdom because it fits really well. For other chapters, you may look at the inner circle as effectively your post-membership education, right? How do we do membership education for those of us after we have finished our membership process? The inner circle really lives in that state. So then the final piece of that, um, which we are, we're starting to get circles within circles, right? The founder circle was designed to address one of the gaps that we have as an organization that we have come back to and come back to and come back to to recognize that it is at the core of who we are. We've really never had the materials and the resources to make it an embedded and consistent piece of, of our um, operations as chapters. So the founder circle is designed to address leadership education. And it fits within two spaces. So uh, the, the founder circle is designed to be um, both something that you can just access on occasion, something that you could just go to and say, oh, that's interesting. I'd love to know more about uh, how to do X. But it's also designed to be a program that a brother could go through and would tie the experience at the chapter level, your personal experience, the, the experience that you're in your band program, to what you see at district and national conventions and beyond, and really build off into, a, into something much more beautiful that I think we as an organization are recognizing, which is regular education around leadership development. If there's one thing that Cabbie Abbasai truly um, owns within the band world, it's how we develop our leaders. Because we develop them not just in terms of the skills of being a leader, but the values of being a leader too. And so the Founders Circle really addresses that and it has um, some electronic components, um, things that you can uh, access digitally within um, yourself as a chapter um, or just, you know, sitting at home um, and just be able to access some of these lessons, some of this material, um, videos, audio, um, all kinds of different uh, media to be able to connect with leadership ideas. But then also tie those ideas into what you see at the chapter level, at the district level, and at the national level through our programming. And you'll start to see that as you go to these events as well. But the design is that you're able to do a little bit of everything. So Bong, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think for a lot of us, they really are um, pieces of the same puzzle. They're addressing different pieces that we as an organization need to truly be a full brother, but they are different aspects. And I think all of us can recognize that there's probably more out there. Um, now, I think we're running out of circles, so we're gonna have to come up with some other name for some of these activities. But we know that we need to do more around musicianship. We know absolutely we have to think more about how we address brotherhood. We have to think about what we do within service that really makes it special for our organizations. And that work is coming. And that work only happens from everyone being involved in that conversation and talking about what that looks like. Because everything that I just mentioned, it only happened because our brothers asked for it. It did not happen on its own. It did not happen in a vacuum. It did not happen because some national president or some national officer said, here, I have the best idea that's ever existed. Boom, the inner circle. It happened because our members kept saying, we need ritual education. We need leadership education. We need a membership process that's consistent from chapter to chapter. I want to be able to go to ritual at Michigan State and not be surprised that it looks completely different from Montana State. So when you have those conversations, this is what it looks like. This is us taking that and putting it into action. And so thank you to everyone who's helped us get this far but recognize that we have so much more to go as an organization. Incredible. Yeah. I, and I, I think you, you 
talked about this earlier, but just the fact that, you know, for the brother or for, you know, our brothers listening, for our active members listening, you know, these changes were, are, are being made or being um, developed because you took the time to, uh, you know, to have a, an actual conversation um, about the changes you would, you wanted to see, you know, it wasn't just like a simple post on social media, you know, an at, at one of our social media accounts. No, it was sitting down, emailing, doing a call with somebody, um, you know, on national leadership and just saying, Hey, I think this is, this is what needs to be changed. And when we have that more in-depth conversation and both sides can come to an understanding that this is important for the growth of our, our brothers, our members and our fraternity. Um, you know, that's, that's really when that, effective and meaningful work and, and changes is being made. So so thank you for, for talking about that. So my last um, question here for um, sort of, I guess, the intro here is, can you tell us a little bit more about this event planner? Because it's it's different from what I mentioned earlier. We obviously don't live in Stillwater. We don't work, you know, that's not our, this is not our full-time job, but the event planner will be in Stillwater, I'm assuming, and it will be a full-time employee. And, you know, what, what's going to be the biggest change having this person join the team? Sure. It's a, it's a big change for me. Um, we have not added a national officer. Uh, I think now we're about 10 years now. Yeah. About 10 years. I think um, when Dale Crossing was hired um, to serve as our first colony, um, colony and chapter education coordinator. Um, a role that TJ Tooley holds now. And so we've recognized that one of the gaps that we have within our national organization is the fact that we put on a 6,000, you know, what do we do? We put on six district conventions every year. We put on a national convention every other year. Um, We put on events around the country, uh, including council meetings, um, committee meetings, and all that happens not just for Cap FSI, but happens for Talbot to Sigma as well. It is an incredible amount of logistics to manage. And any of us that have ever had to deal with a hotel, any of those chapters that are looking at maybe hosting convention in the future, you know that trying to organize between a campus, between a hotel, even if you're just trying to run a band day, all the different hoops you have to cross just to make that happen. Um, imagine for our organization, when you're talking about all the thousands of dollars that we're spending to put on a major convention, and it's a lot. So we recognized that we really needed someone at headquarters whose job it was to work with um, the different companies that we have to work with, different vendors, um, sites, help us select um, uh, locations for events, um, because that's something that we don't just do. We don't just you know um, go around and say, okay, who likes that Marriott? Great. We're just going to go there, right? We have to go to that site. We have to meet with all the different caterers. We have to meet with all the different um, staff members to understand is this going to be not just a hotel to host our event. Is is this going to be a location that actually works for our members, works for all of our events and not just the one? So it's a lot of of different steps that happen. And a lot of that work happens behind the scenes. And so one of the things we wanted to do is have one person who is the dedicated point person across the organizations for both Cap Epsi and Tau Beta Sigma to address that. Now, for all of our brothers, how much of this are you going to notice? Probably not a lot in the beginning, right? Because a lot of that work is it's already happening. It's just happening on the backs of our headquarters staff and a lot of our volunteers. You just don't see it. So one of the things is you're going to see more of us, more of the conversation around what it takes for us to hold these events. But one of the nice changes that we've already front-loaded is the move to make sure that all of our convention registration for district, for national convention, and for events is all done through the same system. So anyone who went to the 2019 National Convention remembers that you were able to use an app throughout the convention. So you're able to see the agendas that could be up to date at any moment, see all the resources, see where all the rooms were. You weren't looking around for a piece of paper that was sitting in a folder somewhere in someone's backpack in someone's hotel room that was probably stuck in their car. No, you were able to see it on your phone at any one time. And so you could say, oh, that's right. I have to go across the hall to this. Or, oh, this meeting is here. Oh, and here's the agenda for that meeting. So we've made that same investment to get to the district convention level as well um, so that we can really start to not only address this sustainably, which is always important, but also address this in a way that actually really augments and supplements the material. So that's an exciting piece that we are, um, we've actually just approved that contract uh, only in the last couple of weeks. 
Um, and so I'm really excited to see as we um, work with that vendor to see what the capabilities are. One of the things that we're talking about is there, there are features within there to allow people who are not able to go to an event to still see material from the event. And so we'd be able to actually have, if you can't go to a district convention, but you want to be able to see some of the things that were done, um, some of the conversations, um, we're even able to, to look for integrations there. So we're really trying to build off of this tool. Um, but the first step, a lot of that stuff we won't see as much, but that first step will be this integrated tool for all of our registrations, which I will tell you, you may not be excited and that's totally okay. Our headquarters staff is over the moon because it has just saved them hundreds of man hours when it just comes to district conventions um, and national convention alone on top of all of our other meetings as well. So they're, they're thrilled with the fact that this is going to allow them to spend more time actually working with chapters and with students and not spend as much time kind of in the weeds addressing vendors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, going to be outright and say I am super excited about this. Um, when I heard about the uh, the app for National Convention, I was so, so pumped. And the day that I had to delete it off of my phone, I was so, so sad. So, brothers, be on the lookout for more updates about um, District Convention. Definitely, you know, if, if, if just go and look up the dates now, put it in your phone, um, and you know, you'll be hearing a lot more because one of our goals is to really help our student advisory committee promote their um, respective conventions and really help push the, the, the messaging and the, the marketing out there for more people to attend and to really get involved on that level. So very cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marco. Uh, so my next question here is, so if you, if you had to pick one item that you are really proud of, of accomplishing as national president, what would that item be? So certainly that'll be a lot easier to answer as time goes on, right? So right now um, it's kind of fresh in the biennium, which seems weird to say when you're six months in, uh, but it's a two-year slog. And so the first six months are sometimes just finding out where everything is kind of at um, and trying to figure out, okay, who's doing what and where and when. But one of the things that I'm already really proud about as an organization has just been the adding of active members to committees and making sure that we're really growing the diversity of the leadership as an organization. Um, I was raised, um, I was brought up in my chapter with the idea that if you are able to serve as an officer, that is an incredible privilege, but it's also an immense responsibility. And it is your job from the moment you're elected until the moment that you step down to make sure that there is at least five people who want to run for your office. And they may not want to run today. They may, may want to run in two years or three years or five years down the road, but it's your job to cultivate leadership because as an organization, that's the only way that we truly thrive. And so it has been really exciting for me to really work on trying to figure out ways that we can grow the pool of future leaders to invest um, our efforts into growing what faces make up the national leadership. Um, make sure that we're you're connecting our active members to the work of the National Council, because I'll be honest, I would never have imagined myself as a member of the national leadership if it weren't for the opportunity to sit in on a national committee meeting at a district, at a national convention and say, oh, wow, like I could do this. This is not as, as crazy as I thought. These are just normal people. I kind of assumed that they just like walked with robes and they all lived in Stillwater and all kinds of stuff. And then it just turns out they're normal people that just really have a passion for this organization. And so I want to make sure that we have as many people um, having that experience. But it's also important just as a person like me to recognize that there are a lot of national presidents that have looked like me. That is slightly gray to mostly gray. I'm lucky to still have a little bit more color in my hair than most, but they're gray haired men. And so we as an organization have an obligation to not just encourage people to run for national president that don't look like me. Um, and if you look like me, all the better, because we need as many people as possible to be interested in this work. But we need to grow all the systems from the farm team all the way up to the majors of people who see national leadership as something that they could aspire to, see investing in the fraternity, not just for the four or five or hopefully something slightly around five years that you're in your undergraduate degree, but for the rest of your life, because it is a lifelong commitment. So I'm hopeful that... Um, while I'm proud now, I'm excited to see where that work goes because we have more committee work coming up. Um, but I'm also excited because one of the changes that we'll be making 
is how we handle national convention so that we have less committee time within the convention itself and more time for music and more time for socialization. Because one of our consistent feedback points from our brothers over and over and over again is that they want to be involved in the business, but they would also like to get to know all these brothers. And it sucks that right now we've been doing both those things at the exact same time. And so recognizing that we can move a lot of this business into the, the rest of the year of the biennium, and then move the, as we move the business out, we make more room for music and social. And so therefore, we can grow as a brotherhood, and not just grow as a group of people who really like going to committee meetings, because there is not a human being alive who loves going to committee meetings. And so we know that as an organization, we definitely have to grow from that. Now that that's really exciting to to hear. Just uh, even just to think about, you know, if I don't have to sit in a room and I can actually go out and, you know, like that this next national convention, go out and speak to students, get to know more students, and and I mean that's I mean that's just such an amazing part of why this fraternity is so amazing is the relationships that we get to build. Um, but to yeah. And to go back to something you had mentioned is this kind of you know, cultivating leadership, um, just like you. I mean, like I think myself and so many, like I would have never imagined myself being in this position, uh, serving as district president, anything like that. It's always been I can I can pinpoint um, a single individual or hand, a handful of people that have encouraged me to go or have, have basically said that, you know, we see something in you and our job is to help you believe in yourself. And I think that is, mm-hmm. again, just extremely powerful and incredible. So so thank you for sharing that. Um, so again, looking back um, at this past semester um, on, I'm sure, your huge list of things to, to accomplish and to achieve, is there one thing that you haven't gotten to yet or some one thing that um, you, know, you are going to get to but you couldn't to this semester? Yeah, I mean, there's probably about a thousand things that I assumed that the time would just miraculously develop and that I would not have any problem writing my papers and I wouldn't have any problem with work. And so I'd have all this extra free time. And of course, I'm a human being. And so none of those things were true. And so there were a couple of pieces that I really wanted to get to. Um, but in truth, the fact that they've been delayed is probably for the best. Um, so one is just starting off some of the work of our strategic committees. So uh, in the new year, um, we'll have the committee that's going to be addressing the OMRS, um, which is our online membership and reporting system, but really looking at online um, resources in general and trying to figure out what that configuration needs to look like and how it needs to operate, not just so it works really well for headquarters, but so it actually works really well for all of us. And so we're all able to use it in the way that we want to. Um, a committee that's looking at the district level, um, because the last time that we as an organization even touched the configuration of districts uh, was 1989, which I know for most of the people who are listening to this, this was before you were born. And I recognize that and I own that. Um, and so I think it is time for us as an organization to make sure that how we are even organized when it comes to district level makes sense for what our needs are and to make sense that you all are getting the resources and the, and the conversations and the, the feedback that you need in the way that you need it. And it does not make sense for an organization to say that something is somehow not sacred and that we can't talk about it and have a good conversation and figure out where to go from there. Um, and then looking at the CFR program, uh, which has operated fairly similarly from year to year since it began. And then one of the committees that will be just starting uh, right after, the, right after um, our winter meeting is a strategic committee addressing the nominations process, because one of the great feedback points that we've received throughout this um, so far in this biennium is addressing the nominations process itself and how do we get those diverse voices to then not only run for national office, but to work their way through the process in a way that is equitable, but also um, positive and sustaining for those who are running for office. Um, so that is good that that committee work is taking place after the centennial. So it doesn't get kind of um, wrapped up in it or get kind of lost in it. It allows us to have some time to make sure that how we integrate um, active members into these strategic committees um, is positive for everyone involved. Because I do know that there are times of the year, like midterms and finals, when all of us are just too darn busy. And so it's been helpful for us to figure out how do we fit this in so that we're not um, overtaxing anyone who's involved, um, but also making sure that we're giving it the priority that it deserves. 
so we can have the kind of work that we really want to. So it was something that I would love to have done earlier um, in the biennium, but I'm kind of glad that we're going to be able to launch it in the new year. Incredible. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all, it sounds, I think we're all very excited to see more of this roll out and just to kind of get um, kind of our hands dirty in the development of our fraternity for this new, mm -hmm. you know, this new hundred years, this next hundred years. So that's really exciting to hear. Um, very, very cool. So thinking back on this past semester, you know, everything that you've mentioned, things that you're proud of, things you haven't gotten to yet, what has been the most influential or biggest lesson that you've learned so far? Uh, I would say, I mean, we've come an incredible way as an organization in a hundred years. I mean, it is, it is absolutely like jaw dropping to think about the fact that a hundred years ago, like this collection of a bunch of band nerds and their director was able to turn into something that's on over 200 campuses across the country at institutions that didn't, and some of which didn't even exist when the fraternity was founded. Um, it is just incredible. But at the same time, I think what I've learned, and I think the most influential um, lesson that I've taken from it is there's, there's just still so much to accomplish. Um, I always believe that if I was ever lucky enough to sit in this role, what would I even do? Like all of these really brilliant people have sat in this spot. They've done all these great things. Like what would I be able to offer? And like, what would even be left? Like they would have already like picked clean all the stuff to work on. So like, I, wh why would they even need me? And what's been crazy is talking with people and realizing that, yes, we've done a lot in a hundred years, but boy, there's so much more we can do. And so figuring out how do I take the different ideas and the different thoughts that exist throughout the fraternity and help bring them into life um, and empowering people to actually make change as opposed to just speak about change or, you know, hope for change, um, but really turn it into positive and actualized change. Um, it's been exciting. And I think it's really, I think it's both influenced me and my work, but it's also helped me recognize uh, what my role can be as a national leader which is to help activate people's thoughts and ideas and I'll bring them into action. And I did not at all ever imagine that like shy introverted me would be a person who would be like in that space. Um, but it really has influenced me to see myself and my role in the fraternity completely different as I talk to people and realize, you know, we have a lot of work to do, but I just can't even wait to get into it. Very, very cool. So with that being said, you know, looking at, now, directly speaking to our students, you know, as they're starting off their new semester, what piece of advice do you have to share with our our active members? Yeah, I mean, well, and I'm a student too, so for me, I think the piece of advice that has really been that that really sings to me is just it's really important to talk to each other and support each other through everything, not just band, but classroom uh, and the classroom work and life in general. Like it's supposed to be a brotherhood, not a club. And so we have to take that personal connection really seriously. Otherwise, what's the point? We could just be a bunch of people who move chairs and stands every day. But if we're supposed to be a brotherhood, then it's just so important to support each other. So, you know, anything you can do to hear each other out, um, to talk through things, to recognize where we all are in our life's journey, and to actually support and uplift each other, it's just so important. And if you run into an issue as a chapter member, as a brother, and you say, oh, this is too hard, or this is, this is our moment of drama, and I don't think we could ever solve it. I'm not sure how to even, where to even start with this problem. That's why you have your district council, your district governors, your national council. Um, all of us are here to support you. And we just like, we want you to support each other, recognize that we want to give you that same thing in return. We want to hear you. We want to listen to you. And we want to be there to lift you up through anything that you're dealing with. So never feel like a situation is impossible. I will tell you, as a national leader, I've been uh, involved in this fraternity for half my life. There are still things every day that I'm like, wow, I've never heard of that before. But I'm happy to help you work on it. And there's a lot of things that you'll run into that are things that I've seen too. And so if I can help, then I'm there for you. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's really powerful, just kind of looking at this relationship that we have with our students and, you know, you mentioned it and I hear it all the time and, you know, experiencing, experiencing it myself. Uh, when we speak to our students, 
we, we learn new things every single time. Um, and I become re-inspired. Um, you know, my passion becomes reignited there. There's just so many, there's just so many aspects and the depth, um, to, to what we gain from speaking to our students. And that's what we hope to, to, to give back to our students is to utilize our skills, our knowledge to help them achieve their goals. And I think, you know, it, it's really incredible that, you know, as we're moving forward, being able to give students a space to do this work, but to learn how to support another, not just in during easy times, but also during hard times as well. And I think, I mean, you really look at what organizations are, are allowing you that space uh, to really develop those life skills. And if, and, you know, working, it, being in the real world now, I can really say that when I, when I'm speaking to my brothers and especially during hard times, like they know how to actively, actively listen, know how to ask some really great questions that get me to think, but also offer some great life advice. And I think that that comes to the fact that, you know, we connect with one, one another in such a, a deep level as well. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's definitely spot on. Um, very cool. So my, my last question for you, Marco, and thank you so much for your willingness to, to answer all the other questions. So my last question is, you know, looking ahead to the rest of your term as national president, what is your vision and mission regarding the state of our fraternity? So I think I entered the biennium with one idea, and then I was sitting in a conference that was designed for, um, it was about how you are, how you empower um, minority-serving institutions, which is what I work at, um, and particularly how you empower um, non-traditional, which I hate that term, but it, it's a colloquial term nonetheless, um, non-18 to 21-year-old fresh out of high school students in the collegiate setting, which is something that I work on a lot, something that I'm really passionate about. And I was sitting in this presentation, and it was the um, Michael Sorrell, um, who is the president of Paul Quinn College, um, which is a really exciting, innovative HBCU. Um, and as he was talking through um, what it meant to be um, a non-traditional um, university president and all that, and that was fine enough. But then he said that at the end of the day, he um, distills what it means to be a member of Paul Quinn College down to just three words, which is we over me. The idea that it is about all of us together, the collective over myself. And I could not think of a better way of encapsulating what it truly means to be a brother of Kappa Psi than the fact that at the end of the day, that's how we distill our work. It's about we, not just we as a chapter, or not just we as a class, or we as people with the same nickname or whatever. It's we as a band movement over just my collective work. It's we as the section sounding better, not just me with the solo. Um, there's so much about Kappa Psi that's that's built in that idea, and I just I go back over and over to um, you know talks that he's given because it just really invigorates me. And I think about our fraternity and I realize at the end of the day, that's actually where a lot of our work starts. This idea of how do we take the collective experience of being a brotherhood and elevate it? How do we take the band world and not just deal with the 200 plus chapters that we're at, but the thousands of bands that are in the collegiate world, the high school world, the elementary school, the community bands that are sitting in, you know, towns of every size, how do we make that band experience really special and really powerful? And if we take every aspect of what we're doing as a national fraternity, it should point to that. It should point to elevating bands and elevating each other, elevating every musician everywhere. And so for me, it was not where I thought I would start. Uh, it was one of those moments that I think all of us have had at one point where you hear something and it's like, you know, whiplash, like, where did that come from? Where was that my entire life? Like, you finally said the thing I was waiting for someone to say. But ever since then, it's made a lot of the work of the fraternity make more sense to me. And so it's really been a driving vision for me. And it's certainly a driving vision for my work with our national council is how do we take it and go beyond our ideas to what we as a brotherhood need? Or how do we take the experience that's happening at one chapter and really help use it as a template as an example, as a case study, whatever it needs to be to help another chapter and trying to build off of that. So 
I think at this point that probably becomes about as close as I can get to a vision um, for our work in the next biennium is really trying to elevate all of these different aspects of our work to move the collective brotherhood forward, um, to elevate all of our work so that we can elevate bands. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And definitely, again, very excited to to work with our, our student leaders and and really putting again, getting our hands dirty and really putting our, our heart and our energy into this mission and into, you know, developing our fraternity of, of we over me. And I, I think it's really interesting because um, that's something in some of our, in some of my sociology classes that we talk about and I'm paraphrasing, it's been, it's been a few years, um, you know, but they, they often talk about in the collegiate setting, how, you know, if, so for example, in Eastern culture, um, a lot of people are raised on the idea of community. Um, you know, we, we is a big thing. Community is a, is a big thing. Whereas in, in Western society, it's a very based on the individual um, and, you know, the differences that we bring. And, and, and yes, that's, that's very powerful. But I think, you know, that one of the incredible things in my class that they brought up uh, music groups and not just bands, but just music groups in general, how those groups, um, because they have to, they, I mean, like they have to, play different parts to become one, one piece. I mean, I think that's just incredibly powerful. And, you know, you kind of talking about us working together to be more we over me. So super excited to, to hear more about that. Um, and, and I'm sure our students are, are going to, to really live out this, this mission. So Marco, thank you again so much for, for joining us today. We truly appreciate all that you do for our students and the brotherhood. And a huge thanks to all of our listeners for joining today. If you like this episode, then please share Ecclesiastes podcast series to another brother today and subscribe if you haven't already done so. And we, you know, we do this not to hear ourselves talk, but to share insight that could be meaningful for you and your chapter. But we do need your help in finding topics to cover for others to join me as guests on the show. So if you have any suggestions, please reach out to me at bonko at kksci.org. Thank you again for joining us on KKSI Presents. My name is Bonko, your host, and I wish you all much love today and as always, AEA.